Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amen. 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 I'm so glad to be in the household of faith on today. Praise be to God for all that he's done. Uh, it's so good to see our pastor in the house. Amen. It's good. Man of God, we continue to pray your strength in the Lord, that you will grow from strength to strength. You'll be fully restored like the eagle, and you will mount up on wings like that eagle, Lord God, and that you would run and not be weary. You would walk and not faint. Amen. We thank God for being in the household of, of faith. Amen. While we're standing, let's grab our Bibles, and I'll do all of the other preamble. Amen. This is my, repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught from the word of God. My mind will be alert. My heart will be receptive. I will receive every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I will be strengthened. I will be developed. I will be empowered. I will receive every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I'm a doer, not just a hearer, and my life is the better after having heard the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, I thank you for caring about me enough to speak into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats, amen. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for um, being in our midst on today, Lord. We already feel your presence, Lord. We've worshiped, we've praised, God, and we're just waiting to hear from you on today, Lord God. Let me Speak as the oracles of God, Lord, have your way in this place, God. Touch on any topic that you decide, that you desire, that you want to speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, we are ready. We are waiting. We are receiving. Lord God, we, we also looking forward, Lord, to those who would join us by Facebook. And if you need help, to, uh, Father God, and that you would give us, Lord God, the victory, Lord. We would not want this word to be hindered from going out, Lord God. Father, we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. We destroy the works of the enemy. We plead the blood of Jesus even right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen and amen. Are we live on Facebook, Sister Marion? Okay, ask for some help. Someone can help, help Sister Marion, please. She just needs to show her how to find the Facebook. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. So today, on today, we're going to talk a little bit about overcoming. There's a word that we hear a lot, but, you know, we don't really talk about it. It's called overcoming apathy. Apathy, apathy. A-P-A-T-H-Y. Overcoming apathy. Amen. Um, 
let me know when I, so I can welcome our Facebook group to the, our Facebook Live people. Hopefully we can get that together. But we just want to thank God for all those who will be tuning in on today. Um, I'm Minister Natalie Noel Cousins of the Kingdom Life Christian Center and our pastor and founder is Dr. William Garrett Davis. Amen? Amen. And we're talking today about overcoming apathy. And we're going to just talk a little about it. What does that mean in terms of spiritual things and how we can overcome it? How do we overcome it? Amen? Those are the three things we're going to cover, and then I'll be out of your way. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16. That's the scripture we're going to start with. But let's, uh, just a quick definition. What is apathy, A-P-A-T-H-Y? Just a, a regular definition is a lack of enthusiasm for something. That's what apathy is, a lack of enthusiasm for something. Okay, so just follow with me. We're going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Okay, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Before we continue, let's rest on that for a minute. Um, we talked on last week about, you know, our growth, right? Last week we were talking about our responsibilities as we grow, we have to desire the sincere milk. We have to uh, become um, ready to handle meat and strong, you know, strong word, in other words. And we still hear, we're kind of resting on it again, that we are no more children tossed to and fro. In other words, you've got to know what you believe, why you believe it. Be able to tell others what you believe. Because what happens is sometimes you are challenged in your faith. You can get challenged in such a way that, oh my goodness, you think that you're doing something wrong. They, they start to break, you know, especially atheists have a way of breaking down the Christian faith and making you think that Christianity is totally out of order. That the church is the, church is the worst thing ever. You know, there's all of these things. So we have to begin to remember that we will no more be children tossed to and fro because, you know, this is a way that they lie in wait to deceive. To deceive, deceive. We don't want to be deceived by what the world has to say, but we want to be sort of like kept on point. Amen? Amen, amen. Verse 15 but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16. 
from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supply it according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Verse 16 again. From whom the whole body, we're talking about the body of Christ, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. In other words, everybody's got their own part to play. They got, they, they got it, but they've got to be effectually working. And when that happens, it make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Amen? All right, so we're talking about apathy, overcoming apathy, because in a way, um, not in a way, but what happens when we are apathetic, we're not supplying according to the effectual working of our part. Because apathy, a lack of enthusiasm for spiritual things, stops you from getting involved. Eh. Oh, you know, you see something, but you don't say something. They ask for, you know, they're, they're asked for um, donations for some disaster. I can't be bothered. That's that, you know, that's that I can't be bothered mentality. And the thing is, you, don't, you may not be an apathetic person overall. There's just certain things you just don't feel that you need to get involved in. It's, that's not my problem. But there's some things that, the, that God tells us, and we'll get into that. We'll measure it in a little later because I was reading that earlier. Hopefully we'll get to that. But it's, it's in Matthew when it talks, so Jesus is talking about whatsoever you do to the least of these, right? If you fed them, count them, all those things. And we say, oh, well, I don't need to get involved in that. But it says, are you passive? And these are questions. I'm just going to ask you some questions, maybe. It says, are you passive about your vocation and place in God? Passive. Oh, I'm happy to be a bench warmer. I'm happy to be in the background. I'm happy to sit in the back in the office or in the kitchen or in the... You know, we have a cafe, we don't have a kitchen, but in the, in the back somewhere, I'm happy to do that. But if there's an opportunity, uh, let's say leadership tells you they want to, they ask you to do something that's outside of your norm, or they ask the questions, you don't respond. Can't be talking to me. That's apathy. That's what apathy is. It's a lack of enthusiasm for the things of God. So it says, so, so the question again, do we come to church or go about life actively seeking how God is going to use us to bless the body or to minister through us? 
Do you know that's actually, that's actually another level of growth? God, how are you going to use me today? How are you going to help me to impact the body of Christ? The people who I come into contact, the people who I see, the people who, who call me with their stories and their problems. How can I be a proper witness? How can I do, uh, you know, how can I be a blessing to those people? Or are we only looking for how God is going to bless us and meet our needs? Now, of course, this is a normal. It's, it's, it's good to see God to meet our needs, right? That is what we come to him for. When we first met God, whenever we, we first came to the Lord, it's because we had a need, because we needed God to do something in our life. We needed him to break the chain. We needed him to get us out of our mess. We needed him to free us from some kind of bondage. We needed God. And we're always going to need God. I'm not saying that we don't need God. But are we only seeking how he's going to bless us? Or are we, going, are we looking to say, because there's a scripture that talks about, or a story says, you know, are we one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread? Or are we just kind of caught up in ourselves? And not even maybe, not, it's not even like you're selfish about it. It's just that you're just not interested. Just not interested. I'm not, Whatever. You told me to, okay, I'm, you told me I got to come to church. Don't forsake the summon of each other. Okay, I got that part. That, that part I got. But if, unless you can tell me some other reason why I need to get involved when I've tried that, I've tried that before. I spoke up before. And either some way, somehow, I was rebuffed, I was hurt, I was... I was made to feel less than, I was, I was turned down, I was told to wait, or whatever the reason is. And you're like, I ain't getting involved, I ain't doing that. I've heard so many Christians talk about that kind of, you know, from that place. Of, it's really a place of hurt. You know, a place, being apathetic comes as a, as a way of numbing the pain. If I don't get involved, I won't be... You know, if I don't try to get involved, I won't be pushed back. I won't be rebuffed. I won't get somebody telling me no, because nobody wants to be rejected. But sometimes, you know, the enemy is working, even in the situation, because you will always be challenged when you are getting ready to get further into ministry. As we were talking about in our praise and worship on today, we were saying that you can get deeper um, as you get deeper, you get more challenged. And the challenge comes from the places you least expect. Always. It could come from your spouse, your family members, your best friend. That's the place you get challenged the most. Right? But the thing is, the response of apathy, it doesn't serve us. It doesn't cause us to grow in God. It doesn't cause us to get all of the rewards that God has for us. It doesn't cause us to live the peaceable life. Not really. Because it's like this. I was talking to my mom just even this morning. I repeated it to her. It's like you have, you know, we're born with two hands. But you handicapped yourself by putting one hand behind your back. So your, your apathy causes you to, you function 
and you're fine. But then, wouldn't you be so much more effective having both things work, both hands working? Wouldn't you get so much further along? Wouldn't you be so much more efficient, quicker? You would see things happening further when you couple the two things of being enthusiastic about the things of God as well as about the things of your own personal growth. So some of the ways that we bless the body of Christ, some of the ways we bless the body of Christ is that we, um, number one, of course, praise, prayer. You've got to bless the body of Christ. When you come into the house, you know, you are... um, When you come into the body of Christ, your worship adds to my worship, adds to their worship, adds to her worship and to his worship. And it just gives such a warm and an awesome experience as opposed to when I'm just worshiping by myself. Right. So you can even use even look at that when you come to the household of faith that you're giving your all in praise and prayer and worship. But then there's also this word that people are scared of. It's called minister. How do you minister to the Lord? The word minister is a verb that says attend to the needs of someone. So are we ministering to anyone in the body of Christ? You know, we think it's only the title of a minister, someone who stands here in this place and teaches the word, and that's a minister, and they've been called minister, and they get the title minister. But it's also that we can minister to one another when you attend to the needs of someone else. That's why they tell you even at home, that's your first ministry, because you're attending to the needs of your family. Right, your children, your your spouse, you are attending to their needs. That's a form of ministry, of ministering to them. We minister to the Lord. We minister to the Lord. His need is that we worship Him. And when I say it's a need, God really doesn't need anything. But from the body of Christ, that's what He's that's His expectation. He's like, I saved you, I woke you up, I fed you, clothed you, covered you, delivered you. So it's, it's a simple exchange. Actually, I gave more. God gave more, <laughs> right? And we're just, he's just saying out of the thought when you think about where you were and where you are now. When you think about when you couldn't do even your heart's desire, you couldn't do, I heard sister talking about it, you couldn't even get out of bed on your own you couldn't breathe on your own you couldn't walk around on your own you couldn't there's so many things that you couldn't do and now you're at a place where that's changed you couldn't you couldn't save money to save your life <laughs> and now you are able to say i have a bank account i bought a house i, I i'm able to have some things sometimes it's a material thing so sometimes it's those intangible things and you have this opportunity to worship. You might have gone through so many health challenges. Health challenges is probably the closest thing that gets our attention because you get scared. It could mean that you could possibly leave Earth already. Now it makes your mortality real. 
But he's saying just worship. Minister to me and worship. Sometimes, and, and really, in the, I, I've found, though I, I've, I've found in my own experience that it has been first getting to a place of really getting understanding of worshiping God that then take, allows you to go to the next level in ministry. Because at first we, we worship God in a very selfish way, right? And then we start to worship God just because of who he is. He's sovereign. He's God most high. He's the Lord of all. He's the creator. He's perfect. He's holy. He's righteous. And then our worship changes, right? Your worship changes. We can also minister to the Lord and the body of Christ by healing. When we say healing, sometimes healing can take on many different things. We're not, we're not always talking about the supernatural healing. Sometimes your, your presence can heal someone. You made them laugh, right? They said laughter is like a, it does, it's like a medicine. You made them laugh. You make them smile. Sometimes that is a form of, of, of ministering to the body. Encouraging. When was the last time you encouraged someone in their faith? And understand that you're going through, you know, you're going to get to another place. You're going to become stronger. This is a challenge, but this challenge and this struggle is what's going to make you be more powerful in your testimony. Helping. Ministering to the Lord and to the body of Christ by helping. That's why we here at Kingdom Life Christian Center, we had a ministry of helps. Where you are helpsman, you're here. If there's a need, you fill it. If there's if they ask you to lift a chair, you're available. They ask you to stand at the door, you're available. With no there's no questions and I don't know if I could, I'm ready to do that and I don't want to get involved. No, this is when you're available to the Lord. Connecting. Connecting is a form of ministry. Did you know that? When you reach out to people who you haven't seen, you haven't heard from them in a while. You know, you sometimes I say, people, somebody was on your mind, they were just on your mind. And you say, okay, Lord, help them whatever they need. But sometimes it's the phone call and the text. Sometimes it's not even the text, because the text, they don't even pay attention to the text. But you call them and you say, sir, Bro, I, you know, how you doing? You were on my mind. Do you know how that changes someone's perspective? How it gives them such peace? Because you know one of the things and the tricks of the enemy which he uses is to say, you know, if I disappeared, would anyone notice? If I left the earth, that's why people commit suicide. Because they think no one cares if they are here or not. Or worse yet, they only say, oh, well, they only want me for what I can provide. You're annoying me. <laughs> they only, you're only there for what you can provide. But connecting and reaching out to others is a very major part of and it doesn't have to be that you're assigned to it. 
See, this is the thing that I'm trying to get to. There are things that we can do in the body of Christ that doesn't require you to be ordained. It doesn't require you to get permission. It doesn't require you to tell the whole congregation. It's a simple little acts of kindness, of connecting with someone. You've got their phone number. You've got their, their text. You could call. Bro, I ain't hear from you so long. Oh, it was your birthday. Happy birthday. Um, do you know some people get depressed on their birthday when they should be celebrating that another year of life that God brought them through? And they're like, what's my purpose? They're asking the questions because it's, it's a form of depression sets in. And then, of course, we have, it says, serving the least and showing compassion. Serving the least, bless you, and showing compassion. Sometimes, and I, I've said this before, so I'm not trying to offend anybody who's watching on live, but I've found that people tend to be more compassionate to animals than they are to human beings. They say, oh, it's a dumb animal. And the things that they would do to a human being, they wouldn't do to an animal. And we're talking about even to babies. You know, there are people who would take a, some kind of a blunt object and beat a child and kill them. But they would not, they would feed their dog every day and pet it and bathe it and take care of it. But the child was annoying them. You've heard the stories. I'm not bringing out anything that you've never heard. But showing compassion is a way that we minister to the Lord. It's part of our spiritual growth to do that. And I know this is not one of those um, exciting script. It's not one of those exciting lessons. But it's one of the lessons that we have to learn because we are called all of us. It says many are called. Few are chosen. It doesn't mean that the rest don't have anything to do. That's the thing. We kind of say, oh, well, I'm not one of the chosen ones to do such and such, to be elevated at this point and that point. No, 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 no. It doesn't give you a buy. It doesn't give you an out. You are here on the planet. Every day you wake up, you have a part to play. It doesn't matter how old, how young you are. It doesn't even matter your current circumstances, can I tell you. You could be struggling with money. You could be struggling in your own health. You could be struggling with your relationships. You could be struggling with all kinds of stuff. And you still are, are in a position because there's going to be somebody who's going to look to you and say, I'm having this problem. And you go, so am I. What, am, what can I say to this person? But that doesn't have anything to do with it. See, these are the challenges that you learn as you're growing that there are times when you have to step outside of yourself. We saw it. We've seen it many times. Our man of God has been a minister for 37 years. Sometimes he had, a, he had challenges in his health, you know, broken body parts or, or surgery and different things. You had to step outside of yourself, pastor, to be able to deliver the word of God. But if you're not the person delivering the word of God, that doesn't mean that you have nothing to do or to be a part of. So let's look at Galatians chapter 6 from verse 9. Galatians chapter 6. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. 
for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Oh, I wonder why he used the word reap. That means that when you do well, you're sowing. You're sowing. We call it pay forward, all of those things. But you're sowing something when you are in well-doing because in due season you reap if you faint not. It's almost as if when you need someone to minister to you because you've already given it out, it comes full circle. It feeds you, you know. Even they tell you to be careful of the words that you speak because one day make them sweet and soft because one day you may have to eat them. Because <laughs> sometimes the people who you're around most, especially family, you know, your spouse, etc., they are the ones have to keep receiving that word that you put out there. Are you giving them sweet words of comfort and encouragement in the Lord? And, or do you have harsh words all the time and you always have criticism and you always have something negative to say and you're always pointing out defaults and you're always, always, always. But you, So when the time comes that you're in need, what are you expecting to get back? What did you sow? You're going to reap. Verse 10. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. What good thing can you do to those who are in the household of faith? What can you have to... See, these are things that we have to think about and ask about. If you never ask the question, you never get an answer. Because you're not paying attention, right? They talk about, you know, you've heard the example. If, you're, um, if, you, if you buy a red car, all of a sudden you see red cars, the same kind everywhere. And it's like, wait, did everybody decide to buy this red car? No, the cars were always there. You just wasn't paying attention. So it says, let us do what we can to all men, especially to those who are the household of faith. What are we looking to do for those who are of the household of faith? And it doesn't only mean in our church. It could be anyone who is a believer in Christ. You know, we hear the testimonies about the challenges sometimes you have on work. You might, it might be someone who is weaker in faith or immature in their walk with Christ that they actually need your support. And guess what? You're the one they're always getting into it with. But they need to be built up in their most holy faith. They need encouragement. They need to know more about God through you. Amen? So how do we overcome, how do we overcome a lack of enthusiasm? And again, this is not just, this, this is, um, sometimes it's not, you may be enthusiastic in other areas, but we're talking about spiritual, spiritual things. So number one, it says, pray that the Holy Spirit will stir up the gifts in you. When was the last time you said, God, show me what my gifts are and how I can use them? When was the last time? We think, sometimes there's our natural talent. We can sing, we can write, we can, you know, we're tech savvy, whatever. That's your natural talent. You know, you're good with numbers, natural talent. But there are gifts that God put on the inside of you that he placed there for the kingdom, and you never got it stirred up. You never stirred it up. 
because I think when Paul spoke to Timothy about it, he says there's a gift that were, were put in you by the laying off of hands, but he told him to stir up the gifts. So don't wait for someone to stir you up, get you excited, get yourself stirred up. Pray that God will use you. Okay, so we're still praying, but it's a different prayer. Pray that God will use you every time you walk into the service and wherever you go. I've, I've shared with the, um, you know, with the worship team in worship. It's like your worship can open the door for others to enter. Your praise by the way you worship can then allow others to go further in worship. So don't hold back in that respect. Make it personal. When you are thinking about overcoming a lack of enthusiasm, you can't make it like, oh, it's just them over there and it's just distant. It has to be something that's, something that's personal to you. Pray in the spirit. If you've not, never received the Holy Spirit, I would invite you to receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, he's been released on the earth to help us. He's, he's there to intercede for us, to comfort us, to teach us, to guide us into all truth. He has a purpose, but it's just when we speak in tongues, it's our way of connecting with the Spirit. We are no longer connecting on this plane. It's like we just go straight hotline, hotline to heaven. Right? Continually pray in the Spirit to remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and that you can hear from Him. Right? You have to be, it's like you have to develop an experience of praying in, in tongues, praying in the Spirit. It's not something that you, it's not automatic, I'm going to have to tell you, it's not automatic that you would just be able to do this. It takes practice, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes desire. It starts with desire. Okay? Now, here's the real, here's another main thing. Discover what is your passion, what is the thing that you're compassionate towards, or what is your ministry, and how do you do that? What makes you feel angry, sad, or frustrated? That's the thing that you're called to resolve, to solve. That's the problem. When you, you just you can't stand it. You know, it was funny when, we, uh, when I was learning about this here. You know, you say you can't stand it. You see things out of order. You're always straightening. The, it's, it's, not, it's not lined up right. So you're straightening and you, you're, you're, that's a ministry of keeping things in order. You can expand that ministry and ask for ways. God, how can I expand that need for for order to other parts of the body, right? So what makes you feel angry, sad, or frustrated? I heard Dr. Mike Murdoch explain that the first time, and I was like, wow. You know, you see, um, you see little children on the television, and they have no food, and they're crying, and they're dirty faces, and they're you know, their belly is distended because they haven't eaten in so long. Does that bother you? Maybe you see, you pass by those who are derelict in our communities and we, you pass by them and it doesn't phase you at all. 
So think of here's how some other some um, practical, more practical ways. I read an article by Mar Elisa that says, think of the things you want to attain, just in general. What are some things? Do you have any spiritual goals for your life? I've heard them say that there's, you know, you have all these areas of, of goals that you should set in your life. You have your financial, your health, your relationships or social, you know, your education, um, that at the beginning of the year, you should kind of think of these things, you know, maybe in your career, do you want to stay the same, advance, do you want to change, blah, blah, blah. And then here's the other part, do you, what do you want to attain spiritually in this year, Right? Then you create a plan that could happen if you get the opportunity. And I think this is where we really lose enthusiasm because you have this great idea and you think it's for now. We were talking about this, my sister and I were talking that 20 years ago, you was necess not necessarily doing what you're doing now. You may have had an idea 20 years ago, but the time for it was not yet. So what do you do with that? It doesn't say, you say you have to create a plan that could happen if you get the opportunity. Maybe funding is just not in the right place. Maybe you're not mature enough, you think you are. Maybe you're just, there's just no structure for that. There's no people to support you. There's no resources. There's so many different things, but you get frustrated with the process and you're like, you know what, I'm not telling them nothing. They don't care about what I think and you get all in your feelings, and then you stop feeling, and you become passive in your ministry. You know, in terms of creating a plan, you know, we research so many things. We research all kinds of stuff. You know, you research how you're gonna, uh, you watch YouTube videos about things, and you, you research where we're gonna go on vacation, and we research about our financial future, retirement, and we research, you know, health things, and all of this stuff. Are you researching things spiritually? Are you, when was the last time you went and sought out, oh, how does it, how does it, um, you know, how do you pray more effectively? Or how do you, how do people get delivered um, spiritually? And how do, you know, looking at things, learning about spiritual things, doing some research. Are you still in a victim mentality? Because remember, I told you it's usually because of something that happened to you, you become apathetic, you stop wanting to be involved because you're a victim. That's what they did to me. But do you realize that God is still on your side, so it doesn't matter what can man do unto me. I'm still going to remain on God's side and available to him. Sometimes you have to change your circle to include more enthusiastic people because the people around you are bringing you down. They're causing you to be sour. They're causing you to be frustrated. They're causing you to be thing maybe you know maybe I'm too involved maybe I, I maybe I, I need to change something no 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 change your circle to include it doesn't mean you completely get rid of the people who are in your life some people are in your life they're there for a reason they're good for what they're good for but that could also mean you add some people in your life who are more enthusiastic in the areas that you need to grow in because that enthusiasm can transfer to you. It can build you up. It can cause you to now seek more things of God because here we go, you know, this brother or this sister is 
talking about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ordained and I'm a chaplain and, and I, I go out to the hospitals and I pray with the people and I do this. And you're like, I didn't even think about that. I do it every week or once a month or whatever. And you're not even thinking about that. <laughs> you're completely oblivious. But you might want that person become part of your circle. Identify activities and situations that stimulate your enthusiasm. What really gets you fired up? How do you know? Because everybody gets fired up in a different way. Some people it's by knowledge. Some people it's by experience. Some people need to see something. They need to hear something. You know your part, but you need to identify the activities and situations that stimulate your enthusiasm for the things of God. What is those things that might be missing? Maybe you need to fast. Some people it's like, when I fast, I get enthusiastic and excited about the things of God because I kind of shut off my, you know, my social media or the TV or whatever. Okay? And ask questions. Ask questions about the thing that is your passion or compassion or ministry. Ask questions. Ask questions. You'll get to know more. And it keeps, your, it keeps that fire fed. You know, information sort of helps to keep you on track. When you know what you're doing or what you're, what you're looking at, sometimes that just makes you get more ideas. You're like, oh, so we could do this and I could put this and I could, you know, it's like, you know, like you're doing, um, you know, when I started, my daughter, she likes interior decorating. Sometimes I, I love watching HGTV and you like watching those things and you, and you see things that you never knew and you're like, that exists. There's toilets that flood that, you know, the, the thing closed by itself. You don't even have to put it down. It closes automatically and, and it flushes on its own and it's for the house, not just commercial. And then, you know, this and that and the third. You start learning about things and you're like, oh, because you're exposing yourself and asking questions. When was the last time you asked questions about spiritual things? How do people get to be in ministry. What started you in ministry, Pastor? What decisions did you have to make? What kind of thoughts did you struggle with anything when you were going into ministry? What, you know, asking questions. What are some of the things? Amen? How can I, here's another question you ask. How can I how can I do what we need to do? Oh, no, questions that you ask yourself. Sorry. How can I? How can I dot, dot, dot? Because what happens is once you stop asking those questions, because, okay, in this arena, you came at it straight on, right? You said, okay, I think we want to do a Broadway play. <laughs> and you're like, they tell you, no, that's not the direction we're heading in at this time. How can I do this thing that's in my heart? You just, people just walk away. They drop it. They just, they told me, no, they rejected me. <laughs> no, no, no. How could I do it? How could that happen? Lord, you can make a way. Maybe not now. Maybe not in this generation. Maybe not in this month or this year. But there might be things that need to be. Maybe we need funding. Maybe we need people to teach us how to do it. So now you're asking the questions. How can I? Or you may ask the question, well, what do we need to be able to do the thing? What's needed? Because when you do things in a vacuum and you, you don't know how to get there, 
You just, it's almost like you're saying, well, I have this idea. Here, you do it. But you don't even know what other people are doing. You don't know what weights they're carrying, what stresses they're under, what concerns they might have, what challenges they're going through, or what, what they're working on. So you just immediately cast your own idea upon them, and they're like, well, you know what? That's going to go to the bottom of the pile when I got some time, when I have some opportunity. Develop a right attitude. Develop a right attitude. When is it, you know, have you checked your attitude lately? Are you always so easy to get flip mouth or, you know, somebody tells you something and it's like, you know, I, I'm done with this. That's your go-to statement. I'm done with this. I can't be bothered. I don't want to deal with it. I am, I'm, you, your, your attitude needs an adjustment. You need to give attention to the thing that you're trying to do. What do you say give attention to it? If you only think about something once a year, how do you expect it to really come to be? How do you really expect, okay, um, I think we should, okay, we started, recently started a food pantry. You think of only food pantry once a year? And there's no other time between that time and the last time how are you going to deal with the food pantry? How can that be happen? What do we need to make this a regular, be, a regular occurrence? How can I be a part of this? Because I don't know. That means I have to adjust my schedule. I might have to do this. I might have to call somebody. I may have to put some of my own money. I have to get a vehicle. You, what do you, you know, do you question those things about it? Now, I'm not saying that may be your area of ministry. But in the area that the thing that, that excites you and that, that would maybe it bothers you, how do you see it being addressed, right? Look for ways to apply your strengths. Now, this is a secular article that I read, but I just got so much out of it. I don't know if you're getting anything out of it as I am, but you look for, you, you get something out of it for spiritual things, right? It says, look for ways to apply your strengths. Do you know what your strengths are? And if you do, how can you apply those strengths currently right now it will just get your excitement level up it'll turn your fires up is your 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 um you know are you a natural leader that's your strength you're a natural leader you can organize and motivate people and help them get moving are you a natural organizer you may not be a leader but you're an organizer you know detail you can look up details and you can say okay so we need to leave at this time we need to return at this time and we need to take this train and we need to go here and we need to take this route and we need to do are you a natural organizer are you a natural time manager you are always on time for everything you're always early you know how to do that so you how do you apply your strengths now in this situation so that you can be enthusiastic about your faith. Get your energy level. <laughs> Get your energy levels up. What's your energy you're putting out? Are you just always tired? I'm tired. I'm tired about I'm tired of them. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Change your energy level. And here at Kingdom Life Christian Center, we talk about health and things you need to do. These are so that you can focus. Because when you are healthy, your energy level is higher. When you're exercising, your energy level is up. When you are, your mind is at ease, when you're not under stress, your energy level is up. 
When you're overwhelmed, you can't give no energy to things. When you're not at peace, when you're dealing with sin in your life, when you're, when, you know, you're stressed because of family situations, you don't have enough energy. So you have to look at the ways to get your energy levels elevated. Because sometimes that is what it takes to get moving again. Many times we're just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do about this and that. Sometimes just being excited. I just say, you know what? Fake it till you make it. Say, you know what? Hi, I'm here to do this today and I'm going to be a part of it. Just putting a little more pep in your stuff and a little more pride in your stride and a little more bass in your voice and a little more, you know, just a little more. Sometimes that changes your posture. It talks about, that's called um, using your physiology. What is a physiology? You know, it's a technique that... Um, it's a technique that salespeople use all the time, right? They'll say, yes, I'm, I'm ready, and, I, and they jump up and down, or they, you know, they smile at themselves in the mirror, or they do something that shows that they're enthusiastic, even if they're not. And they do that for about a minute or so, and all of a sudden they start feeling themselves coming back to themselves. Yes, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. I can handle this. I'm going to make this sale today. I'm going to do this. Are you pumping yourself up about spiritual things oh I'm going to go to church today and it's going to be awesome we're going to see the Holy Spirit he's going to take over the place and you know people are going to be filled with the Spirit and it's going to are you looking forward to it are you going to the, your office and you're going oh the people are going to be at peace today oh my goodness they're just going to be they're just going to be so loving and kind and people are going to be and you're just saying that because you're putting it into the atmosphere right are you setting it up that way so that it's like oh yes we are we're ready you're coming in with your own energy that's why they always say why are you so happy it's like seven o'clock in the morning yeah because i was spending my time with god i was pray i've already prayed up i've been here i've been listening to the word of god i've been you know you're already full of energy because why not why should christians be so Downtrodden and boring, and people aren't attracted to that. People are attracted to energy. They want to see you smiling. They want to know, oh, good look. You know, as you say, a sour Christian, sour puss Christian, just oxymoron, right? No, they want to see you smiling. They want to know that, oh my goodness, I wonder how you're managing all of this stuff. You're going through so much, and you still got a smile on your face. And you greet us like if, and then, uh, you know, you greet us with such joy and positivity, even though we know that there are people who are attacking you. I remember for a period of time, oh gosh, like, like two, three years, maybe something like that, when I was constantly, constantly, constantly being attacked by a coworker, constantly. Every turn I made, he was on my back as though he had an assignment. But I had to keep my mind... And my attitude right, because you know why I say, I represent God. And there are people who talk about it still. It's been like about four years. There are people who still talk about it and say, Natalie, I don't know how you do I say, because I'm a Christian. Because God gave me the strength. And they go, okay. It's real. To them, it becomes real. Sometimes that is the, that's the best ministry, because they see 
That's why many, many times, I, you know, I say to people, and I've heard this, it's not, not, a lot of stuff is not my words, right? I've heard people say this, that, you know, you're going through things, it's not for you. There's somebody who's watching how you handle it, or there's, and most of the time it's your family, because they want to see if you're really a Christian, right? They really want to know, are you really a Christian? Is this Christian thing going to work? You talk about faith, does this faith thing really work? Because we got a challenge right now. Is it really going to happen? You said pray about it. Well, let me see. You prayed about it. Did it happen? They are watching you. But then somewhere later on, now you have experience. You could talk from here, from real knowledge and experience of God. That you know, I remember there was a time when I was homeless. I remember I didn't have my own place. I was living at someone's home. And I, I was able to still believe God. And then God opened a way, he opened a door. And I was able to get my own place to the point that now I have my own house. Hello, you say, what? How you went from being homeless to having your own house? Oh, it was the grace of God. Let me tell you a little bit about it. It gives you opportunities to then speak right? Oh, you know, I remember I was, I was, I was, I was down. I, I almost lost my life. I, I was in, a, you know, I was not able to talk or walk for a whole year. I was able to, all of this kinds of stuff you were dealing with. But then look at where I am now. I'm able to sing and I'm able to stand and I'm able to run and I'm able to jump. And they're looking at you like, how you did that? It was God. It was God. It was God. But here is one of the most important things that you need to know or to do to become, to overcome apathy. Begin, period. Do something. Do something. All of the stuff I say means nothing if you do nothing about it. If you don't try to learn more about it or get information, ask questions, you don't even tell anybody. We tell you all of the first thing we always say is talk to leadership. Talk to leadership. Tell them, I have this idea. There's something that's burning on the inside of me. And they might just surprise you and say, you know, we wanted to do that program. Wow, you could be part of that program. And you go, what? Look at God. But you keep it to yourself and then you vex with everybody and then you don't want to get involved in anything because you think that people are against you, right? And do the work, do the research. So begin. Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your norm. Just, just do something that you say, you know what, I'm doing this for the kingdom. I have an opportunity. Galatians chapter 6, 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Ask yourself, what good thing can I do? Can I? Not what they could do. What good thing can I do unto the household of faith? What's my good thing? That's how people have birthed, you know, people have, it, it's fun, you know, people have become, um, started businesses as, as bakers and cooks and stuff because they used to just naturally, it's, it's just so easy to just come into the church and they, every time they come in, they're bringing some baked goods, they're, they're cooking lunch, they're taking care of fast, so they're taking care of their first family and food is nothing. It's like that. Some people, it's just, they love singing. They love singing. It's natural to sing. They'll sing in the shower. They sing while they're cooking. They sing and they're singing. They sing and they're singing. And then they become something more. 
they now begin to bless the body of Christ in greater and greater ways. What is your good thing? What's your good thing? Not the thing that they have to ask you to do and beg you to do, but the thing that you would naturally do if nobody asks you, if nobody tells you about it, it just flows out of you. What is that good thing? Now, I know today, like I said, it's not one of those, woo, exciting things, but I hope that you've received something out of it because we don't want to be apathetic. I'm not saying that they are not, you're not, again, I'm, I'm repeating this maybe the third time. I'm not saying that you are not enthusiastic about certain things. But there are other things that you could become enthusiastic about as well. That is part of ministry. It's part of what God has called you to do. It's part of how he expects us to perform. Amen? He wants us to do the greater than. The more, the better. He wants us to get involved and not be sitting on the sidelines and letting things happen. And he and we don't. It doesn't faze us. Eh, you, they call it. You turn a blinded eye. So the scripture that I wanted, the scripture that you can check, it's from Matthew chapter thirty-four, Matthew chapter twenty-five. Okay. We could probably go all the way back to the 31st verse, to all the way, all the way down to the 46th verse. We're not going to read it or get into it, but it's talking about at the end time when Jesus sets us up before him and he say, well, you know, come enter into my rest because, you know, when I was, you know, when I was hungry, you did this. And when I was naked, you clothed me. And when I was, you know, when I was in prison, you visited me. And when I was sick, you visited me. I said, well, Lord, what do we do that? This is the ones who's getting the rest. They weren't even oblivious. They were just naturally just being joyful towards the family of faith. And he said, Lord, when do we do this? He says, well, whatsoever you, de you do or have done unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Jesus looks at that as important. So let's get it. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. What do we need to do now? You may not get an answer today. Keep it on the front of your mind. What do I need to be doing? What do I need to get back to doing? There were some things that you used to do in your other church and your other life. He calls your other life, right? Before you was, before you was, what are those things? And how can I revive that? How can I bring that forward? How can I be a part of it here? Amen. All right, let's stand to our feet. Amen. Let's give God a hand. Let's give God a praise. I pray that you have watched as you watched today on our broadcast that you receive something. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.